Jerry, I kind of dismissed you last week, put my hands up now, and I'm not saying I'm infallible the way Owen used to say it. Apology accepted. And I was like, there's no fear here. No. Things don't fear Dublin anymore. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen McNamee and I am joined by former Ireland internationals Emma Byrne and Captain Karen Duggan who started off her season with a win which I'm sure that means you're coming to us very happy today. I come to you very happy every week Kathleen but maybe a little bit a little bit more sprightly than today yeah it was a good start. First game of the season how'd you find it? Tiring very tiring yeah (laughs) yeah it's different playing competitive 90 minutes their astroturf is massive as well Um, and it was a really tough game to be fair, um, I think Atzone have kind of shown from President's Cup and their performance against us that last year wasn't a fluke. I think that they'll be there, thereabouts this season. We we did, I think we did really well to come away with a win. Um, it was a big game for us, so delighted. A good one, two, three, one. You know, it wasn't, you, you didn't oh. slide by completely. You did get the uh, No, we were under pressure for a chunk of um, the second half, all right, but we kind of min- minimised the amount of chances they got and it, was a, it wasn't a good game to watch by any means, but that's kind of good that we won a game in that style because I think people kind of think we're a bit soft. So yeah, it was kind of good. You're definitely underplaying it. Be like, it's kind of good. It was all right. We'll see how no, it goes. No, I'm, I'm buzzing with it. I'm absolutely delighted. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the rest of the fixtures then kind of went as expected, I would say. Pretty much. Although Sligo were very mm. close to getting that draw. I was so annoyed when I was watching that game because I was I was having a good day. <laughs> you and the rest of the country, Kathleen, who aren't Rovers. That last minute Oberman strike sunk us slightly. But I mean, a more interesting performance from both teams than probably expected, especially considering the preseason stuff and some of the results that Sligo had had. Yeah, no, I was, I was there. I was gutted for them because they obviously put in a massive shift. I didn't see the game; I just saw the goals. Um, but I suppose they just had that little bit of quality to keep going in the ninety-third odd minute or whatever it was that Anya popped up with the goal. And then on their ninety-third minute, yeah, and then across the league, you had Wexford beating Galway one nil, Bowes one nil against Treaty United, uh, Shelburne with the biggest result of the weekend six nil against Cork so yeah as you say probably what we expected maybe some of those a little bit more close a little tighter than we thought yeah, probably, yeah. like yeah. Bose and Treaty one nil I think I probably would have expected Bose to put a few more past Treaty from a penalty yeah so again could be an improvement on Treaty's end um, they've new coach this year and they brought in a couple of overseas players so you don't really know what to expect from them so not, not a bad start to the season for them, all things considered. No, definitely not. And we also had the news come out today about this new competition, the All-Island competition. Is that kind of why more of the teams were playing against Northern teams in preseason? Or Yeah, I think we'd kind of heard that it might be a thing. Um, like when we got our preseason fixtures, there was kind of this League Cup put in when obviously the girls are away on international duty. Um but it's good. It's good to be playing different teams. Like when we were playing each other three times in the league and we were playing a cup as well. And then when the mid-season break is on, you're doing friendlies against the same teams. When it gets to like the last time you play them in the season, it gets a bit 
doll or something, get sick of playing each other. So it'll be good. It'll be good kind of freshen things up and it'll be good exposure for players, I guess, um, potentially in the Northern League um, coming down here who might be eligible to, to play for Ireland as well. So I think it'll be good. Um, we played Cliftonville and Crusaders in preseason and they're strong. You know, they're definitely strong enough to beat teams in our league. So um, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. a good way to kind of keep a competitive edge and for it to be different during that kind of mid-season break. Mm. Well, especially as well when you consider the fact that like the Northern Ireland were at the Euros last summer and a lot of those players do play in this league That's as well. That's it, they're so. home-based, so the standard is high, you know. Yeah, yeah. so definitely be an interesting For anyone who may have not heard about this competition, it was just released this morning. There wasn't really that much of a build-up from what I could see beforehand, but uh, the statement just said this is something that they had been working on for a long time, especially ahead of the World Cup because there's fixtures not planned for during that time uh, to support the team. So the competition, which is supported by both football associations, will involve 16 teams in total, 11 from the League of Ireland, five from the Northern Ireland Football League, split into four groups of four teams. Kind of even interesting, even that, like the structure of it, it's a bit more of a, a cup format or like a, I don't know, a Champions League format yeah. or something. Well, we can go far as we'll say Conti Cup, we won't say Champions League. <laughs> no, I, wouldn't know that I was far. more literally just thinking of the format rather than <laughs> the skill levels, I promise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Emma, how did you spend your weekend? Um, I spent my week, well, how did I spend my weekend? You know what? This is the first question I ask my students and I never can understand when they don't remember. And I am, I can't remember <laughs> what I did at the weekend. Um, I'm trying to think now. A lot of cleaning went on. I was getting my Wi-Fi all set up. So that was a big thing for me. <laughs> um, yeah, and just and just basically trying to find my way around Rome a little bit. So settling in, settling in. That's a nice yeah. way to spend a weekend. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm a bit of a weirdo. I seem to not like things that everybody else seemed to like because they're uh, yeah like traveling and everything oh you get to go to so many countries um i don't like traveling i prefer to stay in one place um wow you've lived in uh you've lived in france denmark england spain yeah i prefer just to settle down and just live in one place so yeah even though i know it does sound very exciting um I'm pretty bored of traveling and settling down. So I'm looking forward to getting back to Barcelona, back to base. Um, the dogs are, are more than happy to go back there as well. We're all a little bit browned off today. It's Monday as well. <laughs> I'm not as sprightly as Karen. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm faking it. I was out last night. I'm not sprightly at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're out celebrating your three points. No, right? I'm a Man United fan. I was out drowning my sorrows. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yeah, yeah definitely were, not. A lot of sore heads this morning, I'd say. Yeah. Either way, whether you're Liverpool or Man United. Yeah. Did you watch the game out as well, Karen, or did you just see the result? Yeah, with Liverpool fans, it was lovely. Yeah, really enjoyable. Oh, yeah. God, that's really grim. Yeah, yeah. You have my sympathies, even though it did just make my weekend all the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Good I'm weekend for Arsenal all around, to be fair. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think I fully recovered from Saturday. And then Sunday happened and I hadn't recovered even more. <laughs> um, but no, it was a pretty good weekend and we will get into that a little bit more later in the show. But coming up next, we will be talking to Emma Carroll about her... Technically, it's a WSL team of the week, but I think she may have used a little creative license this week with it. And um, the Quake Gig Pod on OTP Sports is sponsored by Cabri FC, official stack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. And after Emma, we will have all your WSL and Conti Cup analysis. So as I said, I'm a, a little bit of creative license uh, with this team of the week, which wouldn't be like you at all. We never do this uh, on a weekly basis. But uh, did you enjoy the experience of doing your team? You were you actually texted me during the game and I was too invested in it to actually get back to you until <laughs> I saw you this morning. <laughs> yeah, you were probably just taking it all in. Um it was yeah, I had got a team and then today I was watching highlights again and I was like I can't leave Kim Little out of the team, so I'm going to have to bend the rules and put the um, Conti Cup players in there as well. So we've got Grace Maloney in goal, Ashley Neville, Alice Greenwood, Raphael and Bagier at the back. I've kind of gone for a 4-4-2 classic this, this week. Um, Ford, Toon, Little and McCabe and then Russo and Shaw up front. I love a four four two, but I would probably have gone for a three five two today just to squeeze in Hasegawa, popper in midfield, um, and maybe drop Neville because that penalty she gave away was a bit of a stupid one. But <laughs> <laughs> good to see her back in full back, though. To be fair, where she plays yeah. best. I was thinking about putting Catley in there because she kind of kept Lauren James really quiet, but. Then I was like, that's probably too many Arsenal players in there for, <laughs> for one week. Um, never enough, Emma, never enough. No, I just we, thought... We would have forgiven you. We would have forgiven you this week. I mean, it's the first week I will say I would have forgiven you. for the- <laughs> <laughs> They were just incredible. It's just yeah. back to the way they that we're expecting them to be even though they haven't played like that in a very long time. Yeah, it felt like a really long time since they'd played like that yeah. on the front yeah. foot kind of taking a game to someone yeah I mean they absolutely dominated but you know before Christmas this is what I was expecting from them yeah um, but yeah team of the week I mean there's not again Neville I, I wasn't sure about either same with Carol <laughs> Maloney did really well I'm so happy to see her back in and getting the confidence back um, I did think Corpella played very well also yeah for top yeah, well, of three so yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and she's doing really well because she's keeping Becky Spencer at the team and Becky Spencer's quality as well. You had to put Kim Little in there. Kim Little was incredible Same. yesterday. Incredible. And again, a player that I'm really happy for because she doesn't get spoken about enough and maybe it's because of her age or because she's been around so long and it comes back to that point of the more experienced older players. We can still give them credit when credit's due. Yeah. Talk about the young players all the time. But any player in this league should have looked at, should be looking at that game again, any midfielder, and having a look at how Kim Little played yesterday because not only did she completely boss it, but it was a masterclass on keeping the ball, possession, managing the game, and um, passing everything. She was just 
Absolutely incredible. And, you know, I was really interested to see because I knew it was going to be a bit of a battle between her and Aaron Cuthbert. Mm. Um, because Erin is one of the newer generation playing for Scotland and stuff. And I know Kim and Kim is competitive, even though you won't, you might never have even heard Kimmy's voice before. She's so quiet. She doesn't do interviews. She's literally just had a presence on social media over the last couple of weeks. Um, but she's competitive and that would have been her game yesterday. She would have been thinking, I need to prove myself here today. She knows how good she is, but not many other people do, unfortunately. But I hope they do now because she was class. Absolutely brilliant. I, I, still, I, don't think, know I still think she's the best midfielder in the league. Oh, she's just brilliant. To be fair. Um, but again, it probably is because of her age and she's not English, so she won't get as <gasps> spoken about. But... <laughs> what are you saying? Nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> and she's quiet. Uh, for me, again, I'm, I know I sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but social media <laughs> influences a lot of people. And I get it. I understand that. But if you know the sport, you cannot leave Kim Little out of one of your, like, you know, your your best team. She, not only is she the best team in the league, I think she's one of the best midfielders in the world. Yeah. And because Scotland don't qualify, they're not one of the, the big nations for World Cups. And um, because Arsenal have dropped off the, the scene a little bit, she's not being spoken about. And I'm hoping, I really hope for her sake, because I have a feeling... If this isn't her last season, next year will definitely be her last season. So I'm really hoping that she gets that limelight she deserves before she retires because she's absolutely class. She played everyone off the pitch. There was no player on that pitch yesterday that could have laced her boots. And don't give me any of these young players. I don't care. She was the best player in the pitch. (laughs) Is the best player in the world. (laughs) She was the best player all weekend. That's why I had to bend the rules, to be honest. Yeah, fair. I thought... Caitlin Ford was really good as well and she seems to be in really good form which kind of worries me a little bit <laughs> and yeah Katie didn't even play an hour but again she was one of Arsenal's best players like she was the one that had that fight like the, she was um, setting up a wall at one stage it was a bit like that friendly against China where she was like moving the wall just doing that again as well for Arsenal and just shifting the wall herself and breaking it down um, won the penalty very cleverly I think <laughs> very cleverly I still, I still want to see that I, I haven't seen it properly and you know I was getting like hard abuse on Twitter I was like was it really a penalty no it I wasn't really- a penalty but they had a stonewall one in the second half that should have been no, no totally did but because I didn't see it properly and because most of my people on Twitter are Arsenal <laughs> they're like of course it was I was like alright it must have been I just didn't see no. it I think it was well, very, very it pleasant wasn't. footwork it wasn't. She kicked Ingle's leg. It's great. It's a great touch. But because Ingle or I wasn't sure because of how Chelsea reacted. And I think that kind of, for me, sums up their game, their their whole game yesterday. They weren't very expressive. They weren't very um, emotional about it. If that were me and, and my player did not give that penalty away, I would. there would have been... Heads rolling. I mean, maybe it's an Irish thing getting booked, you know, very early in the game. But nobody seemed to have much to say about it. So I was like, mm, okay, maybe it was. I don't know. It didn't really look like it to me. It looked like she slipped because of how quickly her leg chopped from under. But nah, she bought it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I didn't yeah. think it was a penalty. It's a skill in itself. Yep. 
very she clever. Was, she did excellently, didn't she? And you know what? It's about getting into the box and making those decisions. And that's what Arsenal have been lacking, that player to, you know, get into those areas and take responsibility. And that's what Katie does. Um, yes, she got booked. But to be quite honest, I thought she was very well behaved yesterday because they were coming for her. Yeah. They were trying the to wind her up, you know. And I think the manager, Idavelle, said it to her on the sideline when she came off that time. I think he basically said, listen, i got to take <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You have to come off her before you get sent off type of thing. Um Speaking of players getting in the box, Russo got her first hat-trick, probably a combined total of three yards between the three goals. But right <laughs> place, right United time. fans to celebrate this weekend. Yeah, yeah we will take, <laughs> take whatever we can get. <laughs> um, Emma, thank you very much for that team of the week. Uh, I, for one, am delighted that you did include the Conti Cup in it because I will take every opportunity to talk about Arsenal's first trophy since 2019. Um, but I appreciate it and we shall chat to you again next week. Bye-bye. Yes, so the WSL was back and also we had the Conti Cup final. And we may just start there because I feel like across the board it probably was one of the more exciting games. Obviously the result for starting our full of beating Chelsea in five games, first trophy since 2019 having knocked them out of the FA Cup just the week before. It was a totally different Arsenal side that turned up and Again, I suppose this inconsistency we have seen with them, you think of the games against City, but at least this time it swung in the direction of them actually performing and actually having a bit of fight on the pitch. I want to ask you guys about um, Emma Hayes' comments after the match. So she said that Chelsea looked like a team who had won too, uh, too much wasn't the word, but basically who had won a lot and Arsenal looked like a team who hadn't. Now, in the past, she has said that exact same thing about them when they've beaten Arsenal to win trophies and win things. Do you think it was that case or do you think it was the players didn't set up? Because particularly on the right, she changed things about three different times. And I don't know that just players being complacent as much as just being... I think it was a bit of both. Um, I thought that when they got the early goal, they kind of thought that maybe they'd cruise it just based on how Arsenal probably have been playing. They're probably looking at Arsenal last few weeks and kind of thinking Arsenal aren't going to bring a fight here and we'll cruise through it and maybe just drop down a gear. But Arsenal responded brilliantly um, and had the opposite effect when they scored the goal that they kept pushing. Um, yeah, they struggled down the right. Chelsea did struggle big time. They didn't get the best out of the likes of Lauren James. It wasn't enough supply to Sam Kerr. Um but I think more credit needs to go to Arsenal. I, th- I, th- I think she meant it in a way to praise Arsenal's desire. I think she was probably very disappointed in mm-hmm. her own players, um, how they kind of carried themselves in the game. It's so typical. It's typical of Emma Hayes to say it in that way when she could have just said, look, Arsenal were hungrier. They wanted the game more. They wanted to win more. And that's it. And because, well, that is basically it. They looked like they were way more determined. But I think in general, for me personally, having watched both of these teams over the last few years, I just think it was, you know, we finally seen how Arsenal can play when everything and things go right for them. 
and we see how Chelsea play. Chelsea don't have that plan B. Chelsea aren't as good of a team as Arsenal. Arsenal are a better team. But what Chelsea do have, they have match winners. And if Arsenal aren't 100% on it, or they have a weakness in their team, which they didn't have yesterday, if they have a weakness in their team, Chelsea know how to exploit it, whether it's Lauren James, whether it's Sam Kerr. Um whether it's Aaron Cuthbert and Arsenal didn't have the weakness. And when both of these teams are equal on that, in that state, as in no weaknesses, they're playing their best team. They're both in form. Arsenal are going to beat them all day, every day. They have a better team and they play better football and they don't depend on that ball to Sam Kerr. They don't depend on one player to win. Um, and I just think that. You know, it was, it's about time we've seen this because I think this should have been happening over a year ago because they've always had a better team and they've always played better football. So it's nice to see. And you've seen Arsenal yesterday, which with, you know, Valti was excellent. Maybe it was a good thing that she's just coming back because she has that appetite and she has that uh, freshness. Kim Little, when Kim Little's playing like that and when she has space on that pitch, that size pitch, like nobody, nobody can, as I said, nobody can lace her boots. So I just think from the midfield on, they were twice as good as Chelsea. Chelsea got it all wrong. The fullbacks were not good enough. They're not good enough, full stop, if you ask me. Um, And once you have those weaknesses, and Emma can see that straight away, so I don't think she was wrong to try and change it. But at that stage, it's really difficult to try and change two or three, which is what she wanted to do. And that's really difficult against a team that are peppering them and know how to turn the screw. So that's for me, that's what it was. Arsenal were the better team. They are the better team. And we saw it yesterday. Yeah. And Chelsea can be quite direct, but I thought Raffaele was brilliant. She was excellent. And get past her. She kind of dominated there and kind of set the tone with her tackling and stuff. Um, So yeah, she was really, really good. Yeah. And for you, Karen, like I mentioned, the fullback there for Chelsea, who who was the most disappointing performer for you on the day? I don't know. It's hard to single them out because I just feel like they didn't function as a unit. I thought that, like I said, their midfield was kind of anonymous. Um, so I wouldn't single anyone out in particular. Um no, but, it's not the players. The players. Yeah, I think it was the unit. Like you're looking at Kim Little absolutely dominating and you're not really laying a glove on her. You have to do something in that situation, even if it's give away a foul and kind of get onto your teammates back and say, this isn't good enough. And it's just too much space. So I think the back line were under pressure. They dropped too deep. Spaces were too big in midfield. And then you're looking at yeah. some parts, just produce something out of nothing. Which wasn't going to happen with the form the that Raphael was, wasn't it? Really, it was the midfield yeah. that lost in midfield? I think because they have like Chelsea didn't have a midfield. Yeah, I mean, you have Ingle, Sophie Ingle, who's a good, good, good player. You've got Aaron Cuthbert again, a good player, but a good player going forward. For me, she's absolutely mm. wasted if she has to have that double pivot back there with Ingle, which is what she was doing in the first half. She wasn't able to get forward because she was pinned back defending in midfield. Um, Kankovic just didn't get in the game because they didn't get the ball to her. But if she's not getting in the game, a better player will find a way to get in the game. And she just didn't do that. So they were, they had two double whammies because they had Aaron Cuthbert back defending, um, in a double pivot. <clears throat> and she wasn't given anything going forward, which is what she's good at. 
So that's, I think, why Shannon kind of makes me nervous. Who? Oh, oh. She makes me very nervous. I mean, even more nervous coming off the bench. She's definitely not a player to bring off the bench. No. That was a penalty that Arsenal should have gotten in the second half as well. It was so stupid as well. It was was nearly so stupid that the ref was like, nah. (laughs) Yeah, surely not. Possibly (laughs) done that. Like. No, no, no. Yeah, she she's she does silly things. She yeah. really does. For an experience. That's not what you want in a final when you're like trying to grow into the game because they just weren't able to establish themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're not the player you're going to bring on really no. that you want to stabilise that back line. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just a case of Arsenal being a better team and, and not, you know, having loads of different ways of, of scoring goals, which they do. Mm. And so um, you were saying there about Arsenal being the better team and have played the better football. What does this win actually mean for them in terms of a squad? Because obviously it is silverware, it's League Cup, which people will feel differently about depending. But again, it is always generally contested by Arsenal, City, Chelsea, like it is the top teams. They're languishing is maybe a bit wrong, but they're on the way down in the league. What, <laughs> what can this do, I suppose, for them? Or like what? Will it give the players a sort of boost that, okay, they turned up yesterday, they had that fight, they had that bit of grit about them that we've been saying for so long. Where is this? Is Do you think well, it's a once-off? Or no, can they capture that? I don't think it's a once-off. I think they've always had it. I think they've been unlucky with injuries. Um, that's obvious. And I also think Jonas Eideville has, has messed about with it too much. And managers love to do... Again, I really sound like such a granny. I'm talking about the past so much. I like consistency. (laughs) (laughs) And as a player, um, I've always liked to play with the same players and that I know really, really well, whether it's a centre forward, whether it's a winger, whether it's a centre back. Um, I like to play with the same players. And I think that's the problem with Arsenal because before Christmas... I'm, they are were on their way to winning the Champions League, and I know that sounds very <laughs> like a you know. I can't wait to put together a montage of you just saying for this like entire season they're going to win the Champions League. They're going to win the Champions League. They were they were unstoppable. Looking at how they played, I'm like, there's no, there are no weaknesses. They're so good going forward. They never lose the ball. I'm like, this is Champions League. They, they're going to do it. And then going into Christmas and coming out of Christmas, I was like, why, why, why are you changing that? Why would you, why'd you do that? No, you, that player does not need minutes. Forget that. You can't be nice to everyone. I just think they need consistency. And I'm hoping that that's what this does. And I also think that Idabel has had a bit of a kick up the backside, to be quite honest, uh, with losing those points and, and dropping silly points. And he seems a little bit more um, modest in how he approaches things. So I'm just hoping he keeps this team, keeps the same team, um, stops talking about scoring goals because that, that'll come. That'll come naturally if you create the chances. And yeah, and I'm just hoping that they can find that consistent, consistency and kick on from here because now it's when it counts. Yeah, and hopefully Black Senius to get a bit of confidence from that because obviously when he was talking about scoring goals and she wasn't, that's not going to do her confidence any good. I mean, what what did he bring Black Senius in for to score goals? Because if he did, it was a bit stupid in the first place because Black Senius's quality, she's excellent at running into to space. She's excellent at running down the channels. She totally pulls the defence apart. She's one of the best at it. She's not excellent at going like direct to goal. 
So if I don't think he was dependent on her because he had the Beth Meads and he had Vivian Medema, but um, he needs to find a way of how to have her running into the channels and have a number 10 or a deep midfielder running into those spaces to score because that's what she does best. Well, elsewhere, we also had the WSL happening. And Karen, you mentioned it earlier that uh, on one side of United, we had a little matter of the 7-0. But on the other side, we did have a 5-1 win uh, with Alessio Russo. Admittedly, very similar goals, but still very good goals getting her hat trick. Perfect hat trick from one yard out. But (laughs) they'd be delighted that she's still performing very well, that all the transfer rumours aren't kind of affecting her that much um, but again it's you hate to say it Leicester they're they're down and out to be fair um, they scored a really good goal I would say the goal that they scored was probably one of the best goals well worked goals of the weekend this is the frustrating thing about them they the can moment, play some good football they can actually yeah. play some really good football yeah. and like perform really well but like you'd prefer to probably watch them than nearly watch like Red. <laughs> Like, you know, at the moment, it's anyway. Late. It's too late for them. Willie Kirk came in. I think yeah. he's done a great job and who he signs too late. And that's the difference between the league now and five years ago. You, you don't get away with it. If they'd have come in as they are now at the start of the season, I think it would be Brighton going down, yeah. not Leicester. Yeah, I agree. I think United had some good performers as well. I thought Toon was very good, um, but she was given too much space, I suppose, as well to dictate the play. Um, but yeah, it was a an expected win, but good to get the the high score up. Yeah, no, it was. I like didn't. I kind of thought maybe because Leicester had held a few teams that maybe they were going to do a little bit more. But I think it just showed United's class again. But their manager said that, that they looked like they approached it like it was bottom against they top. They played with fear, kind of rev things up. Too. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Silly, silly um, mistakes as well. Like the goals, some of the goals are just silly. Just clear your lines, kind of a thing. Just clear. Your lines. Uh, they were unlucky. I mean, that one, that kind of the, the left around was the first one. The goalkeeper who was class, by the way. Um, it kind of fell to Ruby Mays, and she was a little bit static. Just little things like that that just didn't go their way. And teams like that, they need luck. They they can't be making mistakes like that. Yeah, well, leaves Leicester on having played 13 games on six points and then Brighton is next up having played 11 games and they're on eight. So I'd say kind of seems unlikely. United, top to table, 14 games played, 35 points, face Chelsea next weekend, which is going to be a very interesting tie because it could could be a title decider. And I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a bad thing for United that Chelsea lost in the manner that they lost. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Chelsea will be getting a boot up the hole from Emma Hayes this week and they're going to come with the bit between their teeth for Man United and I'm a little bit nervous. There is the other thing though. It's like, so they do have that midweek game so they're playing Brighton on Wednesday. I know it is Brighton, but... We were just saying that players, in terms of like them looking a little bit tired at the moment, they have a lot of games. Champions League is coming up very soon as well. Like, it is I, a I, lot of. I have a feeling that Chelsea are going to suffer big time until yeah. the end of the season. Really, I think I, I think they're going to go a little bit. I'm, we're, I'm still saying they're going to qualify for Champions League or whatever like that but I think it's going to be disappointing from here on in. Do you think City are going to win the league? 
Oh my goodness, even say that. It's like who if Chelsea aren't winning it. No, it's a real real possibility, but I mean, just how they started, it's just nuts. But to be quite honest, after Arsenal, I think City are the best footballing team, to be quite honest. So it would not surprise me. I think they've got a great chance. And all those interviews that Garrett Taylor did that I was like, oh, be quiet, stop, you're just saying that to try and keep your, you know, your players motivated. Uh, I totally give him credit because it is true. They are challenging for the, for the league and they could do it because they are for me the second best team in the league so but I just think I don't know Chelsea well, for me it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it I don't think they have it I know they have individ- great individual players but as a team for you to win or to get yourself out of sticky situations or to get back from a losing game you need to come together as a team. It has to be a team thing. And I'm just I just don't see it with them. I don't So you're not you're looking at the captain really there to kind of bring the team together or who do you think is But everybody, every I mean, for me it's always the goalkeeper <laughs> shock. Um and Berger's been dropped. I don't think she's in a great place at the minute. Um so I don't think they can depend on her. Obviously you've got very experienced players in there. Um, but I just think, are those players good enough, like not good enough, but confident and competent enough to come out and say, we're winning this today, no matter what? A little bit arrogant. I mean, they I'm should not- be. If you look at the players, they have the experience, Berger, Ericsson, Bright. Well, I was going to say, like Ericsson and Bright kind of used to be those players. Bright probably still is a little bit, but Ericsson doesn't seem to have that sort of same aura Ericsson, around the squad. Is she? She's not good enough. She's not mm-hmm. good enough. She's not... Good. Well, I'm not to be captain. I'm not saying you have to be a brilliant player, but she's not a good enough player to be that player to be a bit arrogant and going. We're absolutely hammering these today. These mm. are going to get it. So I think they're in a difficult place. Mm. Well, speaking of your second best team, City winning three one against Tottenham. Bunny Shaw hat trick, uh, still lightening things up. I feel like we talk about her on nearly every show, but I'm not sure how much we ever say apart from, <laughs> well, she's, goals. Yeah. <laughs> she's really good at scoring goals. <laughs> it's the hardest thing to do in football and she's very good at it. So that's all we can say. <laughs> she's very good at scoring goals. She's terrifying. Um, I hate to defend her. Imagine, I would actually love to play against her because I know she'd batter me, but it was just so much fun. Uh, uh, if Shaw's listening to this podcast and, you know, she wants to come over to Ireland or Rome or whatever point, we'll do like a little podcast special <laughs> Emma up against her. We'll do like a focus, uh, focus on the weekend whenever they do the penalty shootouts between fans and players. I w- I'd say, I wouldn't say there's one defender in the league that would be happy. I'd say every defender says she's their worst nightmare because what a player to have on your team, just even if she doesn't do anything else, just hold the ball up. But yeah. she does. She scores. Honestly, she I, I can't remember if they played against each other, but her and Sissoko for West Ham would be a great battle because they both yeah, love battering they people. They yeah. have. And it was good. Actually, Sissoko kept her. I mean, she scored in that game, but she did keep her quiet. She did for a time. But the best one was against Chelsea at the start of the season with her and Millie Bright. She absolutely came. Bullied her. Bullied her. I was anxious. I'm supposed to be commentating on this game and I went quiet. And whenever the ball went up to the two of them, I was like speechless. I was like, 
<laughs> but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her when they play Arsenal, her and Raffaele. I think that'll be a really good challenge. So looking forward to that one. That'll be a good midfield say- battle as well with uh, Little and Hasega. Mm. Yeah. Two kind of magicians. Mm. I know we said Leicester probably definitely going down, but Tottenham have anything to worry about. 13 games played, nine points. They keep seeming to let in stupid goals against smaller sides and not performing top. No, I think they're yeah, a better team than Brighton. Yeah, they I think they're a better team than Brighton. I think Brighton and Leicester are the ones that really need to worry. Reading now have picked up that those Very three important. points. I think they're just going to be really confident now. And again, they're a team that stick together. Um, Tottenham have the players, I feel. I still feel like they're still improving, which shouldn't be the case at this point in the season. But they they have players that, you know, can get them out of it. And Ayani, I, I really like Ayani. I think she's a great player. She's just back from injury. So I think she's a massive advantage for Tottenham. Um, but no, I think it's going to be Brighton and Leicester at the moment. Yeah. And then we talked about Grace Maloney in our team of the week, but Reading had a big win over West Ham, uh, beating them 2-1. Kind of one of those games where all the action happened towards the end. They got the first goal from Reading in the 66th, then it was 76th and 85, Rachel Rowe giving them the win. Uh, West Ham will not be happy with this because they've been doing fairly well. They're kind of like chucking along and then Reading comes up and has this result. Mackenzie Arnold has actually has had like quite a few good games in a row. Yeah, they weren't good enough. They 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 they, they were the better team to be quite honest, but they just not clinical, not creating chances, just didn't have that, you know, they weren't able to to penetrate the back line of Reading and Reading got away with it. But then again, Reading did have a, the best chances, to be quite honest, like that one in the just before the second half. Um, I, I actually don't know how Wellings missed it, but when she missed that shot, I thought, oh, this is the second half is going to be West Ham's. But they stuck together, Reading, and Grace Maloney did really well and just ended up that West Ham didn't have an answer to it. They will be disappointed, though, because I did think they were the better team. Mm. It's rare that we actually, I don't know. I just thought that like West Ham, they're normally quite solid defensively and maybe suffer sometimes on their attack and that didn't feel like the case. They just felt a bit uneasy at times on the ball, which I thought they had taken out of themselves a little bit in recent games. But I suppose as well, when you're in that sort of middle of the table, you do kind of need to keep building to get that pressure on. And then finally, Aston Villa to Everton. Nil, possible Irish recruit, Megan Finnegan, uh, letting in an own goal. And then a Kenza Daly strike after five minutes there. Kenza Daly is so good. (laughs) And literally when I saw the goal, I thought of you straight away. Karen would just be like, look at Daly. She's so good. And she's playing a little bit higher up as well, which makes a massive difference. Her, the, the... Daily Dally, the yeah. Dally Daily <laughs> combination um, is so important for Villa. And if they can find a way to to polish that and, and make that shine, there's no better combination in the league than those two. And I know they've signed Jordan Oves and I really love Jordan and I think she's a great player, but focus on 
daily dally. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody else play around them personally, I think. It, like if they can keep them and just get a, one or two players, maybe like midfield, they can be very strong. Because I thought Everton were quite good, but Aston Villa, are, they're clinical. Like when they need to be, they can be clinical because they have players like Dally and Daly. So yeah. I think they'll continue to improve. I think Everton are improving. They won't be happy with a 2 0 loss. Um, and yeah, because because of how inconsistent Everton were last year, if they can continue to grow, I think that they'll there'll be a bigger gap between them and the likes of Spurs and and Reading and stuff next year again. Yeah, I mean it's it's great to see, isn't it? Everybody's improving, yeah. and you can see a lot of. Um, potential in these teams, which mm-hmm. we would have been speaking about before, like the likes of Brighton, for example. I feel horrible for like picking on them a little <laughs> bit, but you can't see where they're going to get better. I can't see them challenging. If they manage to stay up, they're going to have to do a whole new rejig and new signings. Whereas the likes of West Ham, Villa, Everton, they have it. They just need a bit more time together. Yeah. So next season is going to be completely different. And what I love about Villa, Villa are one of my favourite teams actually watching them yes, uh, yes. because of these individual players. But whenever they have a chance, they do something. And it, you can just see the mindset of the opposition change. They don't go forward. They don't commit numbers forward because they're so afraid of that one player daily and then that midfield run from, from Daly. So they actually leave players behind. And uh, it's really interesting to watch them. Mm. Well, we're getting into the the good gritty side of the season where these games are mattering more and more. We will be back next week with more WSL analysis, your team of the week. And of course, finding out how Captain Karen got on against DLR Waves. Uh, we're expecting a goal or two, Karen, just to put that out there. Penalties, and hopefully I'll get goals. Are you on penalties? Yeah. Oh my god! I'm shocked. Game's gone. Game's gone. Oh, game is gone. I absolutely scuffed it as well. Like I changed my mind mid like stride, and I, oh Jesus, it was a poor penalty. But I well, went in. Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all it'll say in the record books. It went in. <laughs> Well, that's all we care about here, especially following a team like Ireland, where I think a lot of our history is built on it went in, and that's all that matters. Wasn't I'll be showing all the girls there. videos of Katie's little uh, penalty, how she <laughs> bought the penalty. That'll be an analysis at training later. Do that, guys. <laughs> uh, well, thank you both for joining me, and I will see you next week. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports, in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.